0: This week on Excelsior Journeys, I am celebrating episode eighty by turning the interviewing reins over to best-selling author Amy Hale, uh, who was a previous guest on this show. She graciously invited me to be on her show, Creative as Hale, on YouTube, and I had so much fun being there that I knew that uh, that my own audience would enjoy it as well. Uh, you're going to hear quite a bit about. My own Excelsior journey as a writer, as a podcaster, as an audiobook narrator, as a voice actor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you'll also get to hear some very uh, interesting and and fun questions from the YouTube viewing audience, one of which just happened to be my mother. JLD, do the honors. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. And you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy Prepare to ignite is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary then you are on an excelsior journey and you are not alone Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy. Thank you for being here. And thank you so much for being here for episode 80. I still can't believe it. We have gone this far. And I know I keep saying that every week, but it still amazes me that I've been able to keep this going for as long as I have and... To get the sort of responses that I've gotten from uh, from so many of you really, really helps me. Um, I've noticed an uptick in rates and reviews, which I really, really appreciate. And I especially appreciate those of you who have clicked on the Buy Me a Coffee link on my pay- on the landing page for the site, which is com slash podcasts. Since my original scheduled guest had to be pushed back one week, um, I needed to use this slot really quickly, and so I was given the green light to repurpose some audio that was given to me by best-selling author Amy Hale. Those of you who are familiar with that name, Amy Hale was a guest on Excelsior Journeys back in 2019. And uh, she has since joined the Rising Tide Broadcast Network, which is a network of different shows that are on YouTube. Um, I strongly suggest you check them out. The main uh, creative force behind this network, Brian Morris, is a terrific guy, as you'll hear in the in the main segment of this show, uh, was someone that I had known of for a while, but only in like 2018, 2000, you know, like uh, or beginning of 2019 Uh, was able to start talking to him. He and I had been at several uh, different writing conventions and uh, different book conventions. And um, as soon as I started talking with him, I was just like, why haven't we spoken earlier? Because you're awesome and we definitely vibe really well together. So I've already given Brian an open invite to be on this show. And I was uh, I've been able to contribute a little bit to his main show, Never Mind the Furthermore. And he's got uh, he's got a lot of great shows in his network um, and uh, some really good people that are involved in it. Um, As I said before, Amy Hale is one of them. There's also Ted and Chrissy Davies and author Michaela Jade, uh, Nicholas Tockert. There's a lot that uh, that's going on with this. Heather Ellen. Um, there's a show called Rock, uh, Armchair Rocket Science. Uh, there's there's a lot of great stuff that uh, that I hope you guys check out. So yeah, go ahead and look up. You can find them on um, on Facebook. Just type in the Rising Tide Broadcast Network, and it'll take you to where you need to go. Um, now, for those of you who have um, have not yet subscribe to this show um, I hope you do um, I you know all subscriptions all the follows all the likes and comments and everything that all just mean the world to me and you can get all of that on the pay on the landing page for this show again it's he's got com slash podcasts now as I mentioned before Amy back in February, Interviewed me for her show, Creative as Hail, uh, which is a terrific name, by the way. Uh, Amy and her husband John uh, sat down with me, and I got to talk a lot about about my own writing, about this show, about you know, like all the different uh, different things that I that I do, you know, regarding like audiobook narrating, voice acting, all that fun stuff. And it was such a fun interview, and I had such a great time, and it was amazing to uh, to get a good amount of participation from the viewing audience one of them just happened to be my mother which which blew my mind because like it's it was a it was a um it was a situation where i got to actually i got to show her what my world is in in this wonderful world of writing and uh, and podcasting and broadcasting and you know this, this there's so much great stuff that uh, that i've dipped my toe in over the past several years and um i was asked uh, i was asked recently um why i do this show in the first place and is it is it for the likes is it for the is it for the you know the the dopamine style feedback that you know that i that i would get and everything and, and all that is all that is fantastic i really really appreciate it but um but you don't You don't do a show like this if you're not getting any sort of real satisfaction out of doing it. It brings to mind the line that Walter White said to Skyler at the end of Breaking Bad when he said, I did it for me. I liked it. I was good at it. And that's how I feel about this show. I like it. And every now and then I'll remind myself, hey, I'm pretty good at it. And I always... Get a rush whenever I get to talk with with someone and allow them to share their journey, and it's it's so much fun to do this show. I got to tell you, I have been doing the show. Um, obviously, I had to take a take a fairly long break um, from November of 2019 to May of 2020, um, but it has just been a wonderful ride uh, doing this whole show. Both you know, like uh seasons one through three, and as I've said in many episodes, we are not stopping anytime soon uh so Amy gave me the green light to go ahead and use the audio for this uh for my interview that I had with her um back in February as a kind of a filler episode um, as a means of just kind of like making sure that I had some material to go by um, in case any Uh, guest would happen to you know like reschedule as it sometimes happens and i happen to have this audio on hand thankfully thank you amy for letting me use it and i really hope that you guys get a uh, get as much fun out of this episode as i did being there for amy and um i know that amy and john had a good time with it i had a blast doing it um I look forward to your feedback on this. And um, considering this is episode 80, I figured this is a great spot to just go ahead and slide this in. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to jump right into the Creative as Hail interview. Again, fantastic title. Um, Thank you again, Amy. Thank you to all of you for taking the time to listen to this show and allow so many people to enter your lives and tell you their stories. Now you get to hear mine. We'll be right back. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com/excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerick, and even a few by me. George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today.
1: We are live. All right. I'm getting there. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Creative as Hail. I'm your host, Amy Hale, here with my fabulous husband and co-host, John Hale. We are so happy to have tonight's guest, George Soroy, with us. But before we jump in, we need to take care of a little business first. First, I need to thank our Patreon supporters. Um, These wonderful supporters have helped us. Uh, We've been able to purchase some new equipment for the show Um, And with your continued support, we will work hard to bring the best show, books, and other entertainment we can. You can support us for as little as $1. Uh, So if this is something you're interested in, please check us out at the address at the bottom of the graphic. You can also find that link in the show notes below. All right. And also, we need to talk about the Rising Tide Network. We are very proud that Creative as Hale is now part of the Rising Tide Network. This great group of shows are listed on the graphic. Take a screenshot or check out the Rising Tide Network link in the show notes for more information. If you're looking for great entertainment and education, you'll find it in the Rising Tide. And if you would be so kind as to click that subscribe button and then ring to choose what content you want to be notified of, we would appreciate that so much. All right. Now, one more little bit of news for you. We are really excited that we are going to be um, at Big River Comic Con in April 23rd and 24th in Hannibal, Missouri. And we are helping tonight. We're excited to help them premiere their event poster tonight. So take a look at The event poster. Look at that. How awesome is that? Miss Big River right on the cover. That is so exciting. So um, we hope you all will join us in Hamill, Missouri on April uh, 23rd and 24th. We're going to be joined by some amazing guests such as artist Eddie Price, artist Eric Hawkins, actor Carrie Means, actor Mark Dawson and author Brian K. Morris. Now, without further ado, let's welcome our guest, George Soroy. And let's see, do I have you, I'm going to get you, am I going to click on There I am. I'm
2: clicking <laughs> i keep
1: clicking on I off, on, off, on off. Okay, got gotcha, you unmuted. Uh, well, welcome, George. Thanks for joining us so much.
0: Thank you very much for having me. It's going to be great.
1: Thanks for putting up with our chaos here. <laughs>
0: And congrats for for being a part of the Rising Tide network too Brian is Thank uh, you. Brian's a great guy. It's a great uh great person to be in, involved with. I still need to get him on my show. By the on my show. I got him I got you on mine, but yep. I need to uh, but I definitely need to get Brian on mine as well.
1: Absolutely. Brian is a great guest and he is so much fun. Oh yeah. Oh, Okay, let's see. I'm going to show this um um Oh, well, that's not the right one. Okay, where is okay? So we're starting to get some comments already. Yeah. Brian says they do this to me. So first in the YouTube chat, hello, my friends. That's right. If you Brian, guys-
0: hello. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Brian's show um, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. They show up at YouTube at like an hour early, and they start chatting. So that by the time Brian actually gets to <laughs> gets to the comments, he's like thirty <laughs> minutes behind. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Brian. We appreciate it. Uh, let's see. We have Joe. Oh, excited to be here. Thank uh, you, Joe.
0: Joe is one of, one of my dearest friends. He was actually the best man at my wedding. And awesome. um, big, big, uh, big shout out to Joe, too, because he has just published his first book. So Congrats,
1: uh, Joe, that's exciting. Yes.
0: yes. Awesome. It's a, really cute children's book. It's called See the Sea. Definitely check it out.
1: Awesome, we'll definitely have to look for that. Uh let's see, Ted Davies says good evening. Hi, Ted. Thanks for joining. Hi, Ted. We got Chimera saying hey. Hey. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Carl says hey, hey. Uh, Let's see. And we have oh, Deb lo Deb is the organizer of Big River Comic-Con. So yay. Love to have Deb here. Love to have Deb here. Okay, let's see. And she's uh, she's giving us some love. We love ah, you too, Dad. Love you
2: too. Nice.
1: <laughs> let's see. Teresa says, "Hey, Amy." Michaela says, "Hey there." Hey, Michaela. Mary Craig says, "Greetings." Hi, Mary. Hi, Mom.
0: That's my mom. <laughs>
1: That's your mom. There you go. Got to have your mom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Let's see, Brian and I was just thinking, why haven't I asked Georgia? #eek #hashtag We will talk. There you go. Yes, see? we will. Yes, we <laughs> will, Brian. <laughs> but that, <laughs> but that actually
0: goes—that actually goes in with uh, with with our history with Brian and I because, like, we only started talking like about. A year and change ago, but we—I had seen him at different conventions that I've been to. I'm just like, why haven't we started talking earlier? Because you're <laughs> awesome.
1: So <laughs> just,
0: I don't get it. But you're know, like, hey, you know, this—that's how we roll, apparently. So
1: yeah, sometimes it's just timing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. that's awesome. And uh, Brian says, congratulations, Joe. Uh, Michaela yep. says, congratulations, Joe. It's awesome. Teresa says, hey, Amy and guest, yes. Hello. And- <laughs> See, Deb says hello. Yeah, the comments are just a- coming in. It looks like we got Facebook of- and YouTube and YouTube on here. So um, awesome! awesome.
2: not to the,
1: the fan page real quick. One of the pages last because we have three places that we broadcast, and we had one. It was not page showing last,
2: up year last year. That last was week.
1: last. Yeah, last year. Two
2: two weeks ago.
1: Two weeks ago, we had um, we had one that was not showing up so i'm just gonna make sure but
2: it may have been blocked because brian was our guest you know how that goes i mean
1: (laughs) yeah it it could just be brian you know we we always a
2: troublemaker yeah yes yes
1: (laughs) okay so okay author amy hill is showing that's awesome so let's see if my personal account is showing because sometimes that's the one that's the That's the problem. If I can ever get this to open, that would be great. Where is my exit button here? New phone. Yes, new phone and it's not cooperating (laughs) at all. Okay, here we go. that go away? (laughs) I'm just gonna have to just push off. Okay, let's see, do we have Okay, yes. Looks yeah. like we're getting all the comments. Oh, hallelujah for that. We don't have to bounce around. All right. So excited. Okay. So Rick Bradley says, Good evening, all oh, miss me. We always miss you, Rick. We always miss you. And uh, Rick, if you're wanting to 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 talk to somebody about writing and all the rest, definitely talk to George. George is a Fountain of knowledge. Rick is a newer writer, but he's doing really well. He's like jumped right on the scene.
0: Awesome. Uh, Always see. good.
1: Oh, wait, let's see. Carl couldn't find you on the angels page. um No, Carl, we cannot broadcast to Hales Angels because of the way groups are set up. Facebook will not allow comments to show up. So we've just given up on broadcasting anything like this there. We still do our private chats, but Hails angels, we're just uh, it just it's be too, our green room. Yeah, it's going be <laughs> our green room. It's too limiting. Our drunken rant. <laughs> okay. Uh it's true, John. I ruin everything, says
2: Ryan.
1: And uh, I wouldn't say
2: ruin. I just you <laughs> uh
1: well, there so, just needs to
2: be like a 30-minute delay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well he's got his seven-second delay for his body mouth, you know, So okay, I am so excited. All our comments seem to be showing up. Carl says YouTube is better anyway. I agree. And uh let's get started.
2: Yeah, let's get started now that yes. we know that we're
1: everybody I'm excited about that okay so right. let's start out tell us about yourself give us some background who is George Saroy?
0: oh boy I'm still trying to figure that out myself um <laughs> well- <laughs> I uh, I have been uh, I've been a storyteller in some way, shape or form since I was a kid. Um, I've always really kind of gravitated toward it, um, started actually when I was in fourth grade, started um, putting together some characters that were based on a lot of different shows that I would watch when I was a kid. And, you know, like my friends and I would create all these different characters whenever we were um, finished up with school assignments or whatever. And then. I just kept on working at them and picking at them and developing them more and more. And then it got to the point where I couldn't even draw them anymore because my artistic skills only go so far. Um, So I just shifted over to writing and it became just something that I really, really loved doing. And so, um, yeah, I've been, been writing pretty regularly ever since Um, wound up, uh, you know, really falling in love with it in college. And um, now I have, as of right now i have three books that are out there right now i have the first parts of of a young adult sci-fi trilogy called excelsior um it's uh the first part is excelsior the second part is ever upward part two in the excelsior journey and i am also i also have the uh five part sci-fi sports serial called from parts unknown that's also out there And that's actually i'm running a special deal on that which we'll be able to get to that later um, but that's all five parts of, of the story confined into one book. Um, I'm currently working on part three of uh, the Excelsior Journey called Greater Glory, and um, and I'm also a podcaster. Uh, this is really where like a lot of the magic happens. I always say, and this is where I do my podcasting for my show Excelsior Journeys, and I also have a um, I also have uh, narrated quite a few audiobooks as well from here so um so I'm I am a storyteller at heart but I also love to um create a platform where other people can tell their stories
1: awesome awesome and you're a busy guy you stay busy
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and granted I would I would uh, love to you know like get that third book done you know like, and so would my publisher um but uh you know we're working on that as well so
1: yeah yeah awesome awesome so, uh, so do you think? You, would you say you were born a writer, or do you think it was more just developed when you started doing those characters and those stories?
0: Um, I, it's hard I know to say. A weird I really,
1: question, but.
0: <laughs> it's it's something you know, like I was some sort of a storyteller always because, like, when I was uh, when I was a kid, I really got into theater as well. Um, really, from really from when I was a little kid, like three, four years old or so um started getting into that, you know, took drama club when I was in um when I was in uh grade school. And then after, you know, after moving to Richmond, Virginia and going through like a bout of stage fright for about four or five years, um, I got over that my junior year in high school. And then that's when real things really, you know, got into gear. That's when I was able to audition to be to study theater at Marymount Manhattan College. And that's what really you know, got me into where I am right now. If I didn't get there, I don't know where I'd be right now.
1: Wow, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna hand you that for just a minute. I'm gonna make sure I have my mail shut off so it's not dinging at us the whole time. Okay, (laughs) so let's see. Um, Let's see, Brooke Bradley just asked what got you into the writing thing. So I think you pretty well answered that. Is there anything else you wanna add to that question? He wants to know what got you into writing. So I oh, think.
0: Oh, it's oh, me to me to add to it.
1: Yeah. Is, is there anything okay. else you want to add sorry. or do you think you pretty well covered it? <laughs>
0: um Well, yeah. I mean, my whole thing is just like, I've always been, I, um growing up in the eighties, you know, there were so many different shows and movies and everything that really kind of gravitated toward me. And I only like recent, only in the past, like um, 10, 15 years, when I really kind of looked at, at all the stuff that I really responded to, it all seemed to revolve around Campbell's hero's journey template. And so turns out that that's something that I really kind of, you know, push toward, which is why Excelsior is the way that it is. A lot of people would say that it was, that it's a very cliched story, but at the same time, it's based on hero's journey. It's my own take on it. So of course it's cliched because that's what, that's, what's used so often.
1: Yeah, well, and I mean, all stories in a way are cliched. I mean, we exactly um, yeah. There's only so many stories you can tell. You just have to put your own spin on them, you know. Absolutely. Um, so let's see. Mary King says George did his first voiceover when he was four years old in New York. The little yellow school bus. I want to hear about this. I th-
0: <laughs> I thought it was the little Valley school bus, Ma. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, when I was uh, when I was about either four or five years old or something like that, I still remember this very vividly. My uh, mother and father woke me up. I was sleeping, by the way. You know, like I was I was sleeping when, when this happened. And this is not to incriminate, you know, like, you know, either parents in any way. They um, they had this, you know, like they so all of a sudden, like had this equipment and they asked me to come into the living room, sit down and just start reading this little story about the school bus, I think it was named Bess. And it was, it went on for like about 20, 25 minutes or something like that. And then that was it. It was just like, I was just doing that. And I didn't know what was happening after that. It was just like, once it was done, it was like, okay, all good, you know, like good (laughs) night. Went back to bed, didn't think anything of it. And then I think maybe like a few months later or something like that, that's when all of a sudden I heard my voice on this recording (laughs) with this like slide projector going. And it was just like, okay, all right. So I guess I, I guess that's my first narration. I think <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's really cool, though. Oh, that, that is, cool. I yeah. I don't think many people can say that they've done that at age four <laughs> yeah. or age twelve or you right. know, That's <laughs> pretty cool yeah let's see um you know we're getting some good questions in here that pretty yeah. much meshed with what we've got so we're gonna go with what people are wanting right. to know. Here. Yeah. so rick says what would you say the most difficult thing of the writing process is for you
0: oh um i would say for me the most difficult part of it is um it's really the the writing of that first draft. It's something that a lot of people really think that, you know, like, oh, that's such a freeing time and everything. You can just go ahead and give yourself permission to write crap and, you know, just go ahead and fill those pages as much as you can. For some reason, I always seem to get blocked when it comes to that. The only time when it, did, when it didn't happen for me was when I wrote the first draft of Excelsior and I was using the, um, the, um, the National Novel Writing Month template but I wasn't doing it on National Novel Writing Month. I wasn't doing it in November. Um, November just happens to be um, my wedding anniversary and my my wife's birthday and Thanksgiving. And there was no way I was going to say, "Oh, by the way, I'm going to write," you know, like write a book on top of that. And that was during our first our first anniversary, by the way. So oh, yeah. I had to basically do some thinking around and just like, okay, well, what's a good month to do it? And I found June. So I wrote it all from June 1st to the 30th in 2008, and that was the only time that I felt free enough to really just kind of, literally, give myself permission to write crap. And mm. a few months later, when I showed my editor, she confirmed it. It was crap.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we
0: did a good two years worth of editing, but uh, but you know, like ever since then, I've been trying to kind of recapture that feeling of just letting it all out letting it and i seem to always get blocked right at the uh, at the very beginning it's really kind of conquering that blank screen that's something that all writers really need to get through and that's it's a it's been a pain for me
1: <laughs> that is probably my hardest thing to call it the first draft is the word vomit you just kind of bleh, you know and get it out get the idea out but I need to I, get like
0: some epicap or something to get that vomit going because like that
1: <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, and that's my that's like you said the first book. My first book was like relatively easy, um, but I think I wasn't overthinking it then, and mm-hmm. now I really like scrutinize over every word and I agonize and. And I tend to forget what I'm dealing with right now. That is what I'm exactly what I'm dealing with right now. Yeah, that first draft does not ha- you don't edit as you go, you just get it. And then after mm-hmm. that, you worry about what sucks and what doesn't and what needs to yep. change in the editing. But you know, since that first book or two, I have struggled with that. And it's really been annoying because I like you said that freeing, just getting it done and you mm-hmm. know, really enjoying the process. And I, I struggle with that too. And I don't know if that's something that, it, if it's just more like self. Um,
0: it's self-editing more than anything. Yeah, we just, always, I just gotta stop we self-editing. Are, <laughs> we as as authors, we always want to get that. We always want to get it right the first time. That's the thing for for so many writers. Um, yeah. I I just need to just kind of prescribed to what Stephen King says, right? With the door closed, rewrite with the door open. Just as long yeah. as you know that you're going to rewrite it, then it should be a lot more freeing.
1: Yeah. And Would it's you, okay if it stinks.
0: Yeah. Would you say
2: you're your own worst editor?
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, actually, no. Rebecca Jaycox is my worst editor. <laughs> and I I say this with nothing but love. She is one of my dearest friends. I love her so much, but she carved the hell out of both excelsior <laughs> and ever upward for a publishing where it where it is now but if she didn't do that it wouldn't be what it neither book would be what they are right now so yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. as, as
1: much as, sometimes. As,
0: <laughs> as much as much as i can be my own worst critic she is definitely my worst editor but i say that with all with all love yeah i say that with nothing but love <laughs>
1: That's awesome, though. I mean, w- without editors, oh my gosh, I appreciate editors so much because yes, it's yeah. just my, yes. you know, I, I look, if there weren't editors, I would probably never have done a single thing. I'd have mm-hmm. been too terrified to even attempt to put it out there. So, yay yeah. for editors. Yes. Especially Thank you, those, editors. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. ones that are willing to bleed all over the paper and mm-hmm. hurt your hands a little. To help you really put out the best product possible.
0: <laughs> and since we're talking about it, editors, I definitely need to give a shout out to Jerry Ann Geller, who is my story editor for the Excelsior books. Because what she did, uh, what she is continues to do as my story editor, is she is always keeping an eye on the overall world and the characters. And she's asking me questions that I never think to answer. So she's yeah. not answering those questions for me. She is... You know, she is basically opening the door, and I have to walk in. So yeah, yeah, that's what I need it's to do. It's
1: amazing stuff we miss when we're when we're completely enmeshed in our own story, and then later oh, we go yeah. back and, and yeah, and then you're like, I didn't answer that question, you know, right. or or how did they get yeah. from this room to this room? You didn't even bother to tell people how they made it because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just yeah. so in your own head that you miss those little details sometimes. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. It's great to have a good developmental or story editor on your team. Yes. It's definitely yeah. important.
0: I, I'm blessed to have, you know, like top people uh, as both, a uh, you know, awesome. story editor and a content editor and they're both yes. just fabulous. So yeah.
1: That's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. So Rick also wants to know what's the favorite thing you've done voiceovers for?
0: Um, I'd have to be biased and say my own books. Um, just because um, I've done, I've done the, the audiobooks for both Excelsior and ever upward. Um, and for both of them, it's basically like just getting it all out there in the way that I've always had it in my head. And it feels so good to be able to just kind of, you know, l- add these different voices and everything for the characters. I'm not going full on Jim Dale, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, with my narrating, yeah. um who you know like who does the Harry Potter books and has a an encyclopedia of different characters um, yeah. I basically just say, I just give like major characters a distinct voice and it's a lot of fun to kind of add that voice in there and see where where it takes me uh one yeah. of my favorites is um there's a character that's um that's introduced in part one but is really prominent in part two uh his name's Conoram and He's someone that um, when Jerry and I were kind of coming up with him and everything, I was thinking along the lines of a, an older Sean Connery type character. And so, so you have this, you know, you put on the Sean Connery type of voice, you know, just, you know, saying like, I am the last one. You know, if you, you kill me, you'll be out of work. And then just kind of dialing it back a little bit and taking away the part of it, you know, he's, not talking about Mish Money Penny already, you know, he is
1: he <laughs> Yeah. Is still,
0: you can you can hear the yeses, but you can still hear a little bit of that voice in there. So yeah. that's that's one of the things that I I enjoy doing.
1: That's cool, and that makes sense. I mean, this isn't a character, this is something you're just very deeply invested in. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so I mean it's the first time I heard exactly. um, yeah. a book on audiobook. You know, I love audiobooks, but the first time I heard my book on audiobook, like that mm-hmm. was just doing cartwheels for because yeah. it was so <laughs> cool to hear someone bring these characters that I came up with and bring them mm-hmm. to life in a way that yeah. I can't do, you know, on paper. So mm-hmm. it was just just so exciting. I know how I know how cool that is. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Kayla says that's so cool. I think she's talking about your what you did when you were four. Um, she says, "How did you come up with the name of your books?"
0: Ah, all right. Well, um, for for Excelsior, it was really simple. It was basically just kind of using the um, the, na- the name Excelsior. That was that was a, a word that really kind of responded to me uh, when I came up with that character back in 1992. Um, he was someone um, during that time. I was I was in English class. And we were watching the PG version of the John Borman movie Excalibur because we were talking all about King Arthur. And I really got steeped into the whole lore of King Arthur and just really that really responded to me. And at that point, I already had this little universe going on in my head and I knew I needed to add someone new to it. And I was just like, well, that is someone that I would really he he this, this is a sort of character that really needs to be kind of like the centerpiece of this whole universe. And so he's going to be this legendary character. He's going to have a sword. He's going to go through this whole quest and everything and went through, you know, like added in elements of, uh, of Jesus Christ and Optimus Prime in there. And it became something, you know, like its own. And Mm -hmm. when I was trying to figure out what to name him, I had had always responded to the word Excelsior. And at that point I was living in Richmond, Virginia, but New York was very much still and always will be in my heart. It's where I was born. It's where I spent most of my life. And that really, the word Excelsior is on the New York state flag. And it's also a ship that was, uh, that's shown prominently in Star Trek's three, four and six. And, um, you know, just, and, and obviously Stan Lee, uh, would use it to, you know, like to wrap up all of his, you know, like all of his, his, um, his soapboxes and everything would just end with Excelsior and just, you know, just really, you know, put it out there. Um, so I grabbed that name and I, I grabbed that word and I was just like, that's going to be this character's name. And that's that, you know, that wasn't going to, that wasn't going to, stop from there on in he was going to be excelsior and then you know the story itself really kind of developed all the years since um it wasn't until i until until 2008 when i started writing that character that like when he really started to kind of come into his own um but it was during that same year this is a funny story um march of 2008 was um uh, was when i got to meet stan lee and he was doing a signing over at New York Comic Con. Um, but he, he was actually doing like a signing before that over at um Borders on Park Avenue, um, R.I.P. Borders. And I went there because he was advertising this uh this book that he did called um called um um what the hell was it called? I'm trying to remember what it was called, but it was based on a, an old thing that he did called You Don't Say, where he would take all these different pictures of politicians and put little dialogue balloons in there so he was Mm -hmm. signing it he was signing that and i got to you know go up to him and everything and i just got to tell him um you know thank you so much not for not only creating all these wonderful characters but for inspiring me to come up with my own and he looks at me in the big stanley you know like eyes and everything just goes oh great more competition (laughs) with a big laugh (laughs) you know to follow it and so and and then I I got to tell him that you know like there is there's one character that you were really responsible for inspiring. And when he asked what I meant, I just go you know like his name is Excelsior. And his eyes lit up and he just like, "Oh, that's great." And shook my hand and wished me luck on it and everything. It's the closest thing I'll ever get to a blessing from the pope, you know like that. <laughs> Such a great moment. And I was like on air, you know, like from then on. And I oh, wish, yeah. you know, I, I wish I had the opportunity to get a finished copy of the book in front of him um, yeah. so I could you know, like send it to him. But uh, but yeah. I got to do a little nod to him in there where one of the characters was looking up the um, was looking up Excelsior on the Internet and saw all these different references. And it said like some guy named Stan always used it to end his. Yeah Uh, in his rants so
1: that's nice yeah yeah that's awesome and you do a spot on stan lee let me tell you that sounds really good
0: that uh, that's a fun one to do that is definitely a fun (laughs) fun one to do
1: let's see we've got let's see carl says i try to never start writing the first part first i start somewhere in the middle then go back back and make a beginning i know people that do that I have a hard time not writing in order. <laughs>
0: yeah, that sounds a lot like what Larry Cohen did. Larry Cohen is the uh, the writer director behind uh, the you know the cult movies like It's Alive, stuff, and um, he wrote Phone Booth. You know, like that uh, Joel Schumacher directed. And, you know, the guy was one of the most prolific writers you've ever seen in Hollywood. And what he would always do is he would take a tape recorder, and he would just start filling it with different ideas and then all of a sudden he would start writing like at a the first scene that he said that would really grab him and then he would write from there because he wanted to get like that one moment that that he knew was going to be like the biggest grabber so he wrote that first and then expanded from there so like um i i heard i got to see this terrific documentary about him called king cohen and it's so, it's so good. And it's, and he talks about like his writing process. And it's so inspiring. I would love to try that you know, myself for some of the other stories I have in mind.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, Michaela Jates says, yes, Carl, exactly. I start with the best scene first. And I, I can see that. I can see how that would get you excited because this is, oh, this is such a good scene because I know how I feel when I write a scene that I really love. So it might be something yeah. I have to try. I have tried writing out of order. Mm -hmm. Um, and thanks to, um, like Scrivener, I can move stuff around. I love that, that, and I use Scrivener a lot and no, I'm not advertising for them. I don't get anything from them. I'm just saying, um,
2: but, uh,
1: but, um, but I still find it hard because my brain's like, wait a minute, but this hasn't happened yet. This hasn't happened yet. This hasn't happened Mm yet. I end up fighting with myself (laughs) over, over the whole timeline, Mm -hmm. uh, let's, see and um, and michaela says and now i must read this book let's see um what else do we, oh rick bradley wants to know any particular author that has influenced your writing
2: hmm that's
0: that's actually a good a good question because like um i i always you know like read and everything as i was growing up um i would say that uh you know george lucas was you know was a huge inspiration for me in terms of world building. Um, it was that kind of, of world that he gave us in 1977, um, that really, that made me want to write in the first place. It wanted me to be a storyteller. Um, mm-hmm. and I got to give, uh, even though, um, even though, you know, like, um, you know, personally, she's, you know, uh, hasn't, hasn't, uh, had her best days, but, um, I will always, you know, credit J.K. Rowling with giving me the um, the inspiration to bring Excelsior to the young adult forum. Um, Once I realized that that was going to be a young adult book, because it started out as a regular science fiction book with adult characters. Mm -hmm. As soon as I realized the potential for young adult stories, um, that's when I that's when the the book really, really took off and still does. Um, yep. so, you know, like, um, obviously, you know, like, you know, recent, you know, recent things she's been saying, those are recent things she's saying. Um, but I will still give her credit for, you know, for introducing me to the young adult world.
1: Yeah. I mean, Harry Potter, despite everything will still be always considered a major influence for a lot of writers, I think. Um, yeah um just yeah. who who wrote it you know mm-hmm. um so uh yeah yeah harry potter is definitely i think it's a lot of people's list <laughs> for for inspiration um just because oh, yeah. i mean yeah. what a world she built mm-hmm. um i would would say like you were mentioning star wars like when we were growing up star wars was the big thing you know and oh, yeah. then mm-hmm. kids were growing up it was harry potter was the big thing you mm-hmm. know And um, there's, it's just exciting to see how these worlds come from nothing and they just grow. And then the fan base grows and it seems like the fan base grows and the world grows even more, Mm -hmm. you know, it just continues to spread. And I just love that. I think that's, that's something exciting about storytelling is that you can tell a story and then the fans take it and it just, it just keeps going. It's forever.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I
1: love that. Uh, Let's see. Keisha, is it Keisha? I hope I'm saying that right. Keisha Akuff, hello, Keisha. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Keisha. Uh, let's see. Carly says you all are so organized. I have to write whatever comes to me first. Sometimes it's straight from the first to the end. Sometimes not.
0: <laughs> I, I'm that. I am that way too when it comes to um, when it comes to my stories. Like I, um, when it comes to like writing that first draft of Excelsior, I knew how it started and I knew how it was going to end. And it was up to me to figure out how to get there, so that was that in itself was uh, was was a was quite an adventure.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much how all of my books are. I know the beginning, I know the end, the middle mm-hmm. is the mystery, and I have to figure yeah. out how to put it all together.
0: <laughs> yep,
1: uh, I'm actually doing that right now. I've got a three part story I'm doing for Pulp Fiction Two Magazine. Nice, and it's I'm really excited about it because it's my first Pulp Fiction story. But I have the beginning. I have the end almost finished, and the middle I'm just fighting with right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I know I'm going to get there. So, (laughs)
0: hey, if if it's Pulp Fiction, do the Tarantino route. You know, like start. You know, go to the beginning, go to the end, and then figure. And then eventually, the middle will come to you. And And so, (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Let's see here. Rick Ray says, with mine, I have some big scenes planned in my head, but the trip to those scenes of my anticipation. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can oh see
0: yeah, that. yeah. That's the way it is with, uh, with with my third book. Yeah, that's what I'm dealing with right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Michaela says, I can't remember what happens in real life, let alone my book scenes. I have to reread and depend on my critique partner for that. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you write like a series. When I was doing Shadows of Jane, um, by the third book, I had to go back, reread the other two, and lay out a complete timeline. <laughs> Mm -hmm. For myself, which now I've learned to do as I write, I make out Mm -hmm. a timeline. (laughs) But then I didn't know any better, and it just—oh my gosh, yeah—I was getting things backwards, and I was a disaster. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Let's see. Rick says, "Who is your favorite Star Wars character, and why is it R2D2?" (laughs) Wow, (laughs) I was, I
0: was, I was always, you know, like gravitated toward Darth Vader. You know, like that was that was somebody that I just it's it's just the symbol of power that has this this amazing aura about him. And I don't care that he was Jake Lloyd, you know, like, you know, in episode one, you know, I don't care that, you know, there were chlorians that were involved or anything like that. I still, you know, gravitate toward him. I think I still think that he is a tremendous character and someone that uh, that goes through a very i would say interesting arc if not yeah. imperfect yeah. <laughs> you know it's um yeah. I still maintain that uh that star that um that um episodes one and two should have been two movies uh, should have been one movie and three should have been two movies um <laughs> that would have that would have even things out a little bit more but I mean like there's uh, we yeah. we can, we can go we can go on for hours about <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> like the uh, the the roller coaster that is the Star Wars saga so yeah, yeah yeah
1: it is quite a roller coaster too um yeah i always thought i i liked um i liked Darth Vader just because he was so mysterious he was a character who had to learn about in pieces as yeah. you went you know mm-hmm. um but, yeah, like you said, we could spend all night just on on that. So let's, let's see. Keisha said, yay, I said her name right. Yay. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. And Rick says, what would your dream voiceover job be?
0: Oh, easy. Animation. A- animation. Yeah. That's something that I, I grew I grew up with, you know, like, with all of these great shows, all of these great voice actors and everything. And I always made a point to see, like, you know, like, who is – who are the ones that are doing this? It was the, um, the amazing documentary that John DiMaggio did. John DiMaggio, the voice of Bender. Um, he did this wonderful documentary called I Know That Voice. And watching that right after losing um, at that time, like losing my uh, admin job that I had um, and kind of in this weird state of flux, watching that, it was just like, I, I need to pursue this. And I don't know how but i'm going to pursue it and that's and it eventually came to me reaching out to clayton studios and getting uh getting their rates for their voice over st louis sessions and um doing the whole kickstarter program to raise the money to take those classes and mm. you know, and then you know, and then actually taking them and getting the demo recorded and it'll just and then going from there into recording the first chapter of Excelsior, the audiobook, for my publisher at the time, and then getting her blessing for me to read the whole thing. And wow. so like, it's, it's, it started so much. And so I have nothing but love and respect and adoration for the world of animation.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I think we all grew up with, with some amazing animation and, and, and oh, yeah. the actors that bring those I mean, the, obviously we need the yep. drawings, but the actors that bring those to life, I think, are all just so immensely talented um, so They really are, yeah to Big River Comic Con is uh, Kerry Means will be there, he's the voice of Frylock on nice. the uh, Oh, it just went On off Aqua
0: Teen Hunger Force, yep
1: There you go, thank yes. you My I, got to
0: me- I got thank to meet you. Dana Snyder I got to meet Dana Snyder, the voice of Master <laughs> Shake and there he's a nice guy too you know, like it yeah. was so much fun. Um, I got to meet him at the premiere of their movie of uh, Aquatina Force awesome. colon movie film for theaters. And uh, yeah, so much. It yeah. was, it was really cool to get to, to meet him. Really nice guy too.
1: That's awesome. And as I said, I, I've uh, chatted with Carrie on, on Facebook, but we've not got to meet face to face yet. So really excited about that. And oh, we've awesome. also got Mark Dawson will be, who will be there and Mark Dobson uh, Dobson. Let me say that correctly. Um, Mark Dobson mm-hmm. is the, he did the voice of in Gremlins. He did the Gremlins and I believe he did.
0: Um, where are uh, these Salacious names? from I think.
1: I think Salacious he Salacious from, yes yes, from, Wars, from uh, yes. 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 And I, and I believe, met, I believe he and I are
0: Facebook friends him. now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah. And yeah, we have met uh, Mark at a previous event. So that's exciting to see him again. So it's always cool to get to meet these people and see how, um how I gotta do you do that mark on my show too <laughs> yes absolutely um i yeah. mean it's just, it's, just it's a different thing than like say regular acting or writing or whatever they they all have their own little nuances that you have to nail to be good at so yeah. um really cool to meet all these different people and that's one reason we do the show is we've met so many talented people through varying of whatever whatever it is whatever medium they they create in um yep. and uh, And we decided, you know, we've got to get these people on. We've got to we got to talk to them and pick their brain, and you know, see what we can learn, see what other people can learn.
0: I'm right there with you. My show, my podcast, Excelsior Journeys, what you know, like, has allowed me to have on so many amazing people, and you know, obviously you, and you know, like, and you know, other you know, other great you know, successful authors like Eric Asher had Mark Coker on for Smashwords. Yeah. Um, you know, like, and, you know, just, you know, so many, you know, like really cool people. And then this past year I had on Flynn Dilly, the screenwriter for Transformers, the movie I had oh. on Neil, I had on Neil Ross, the voice of Springer from Transformers. I had Vince DiCola, the uh, composer of the score for Rocky four Had Daniel Ferens, the the screenwriter of Halloween six. Like it was, it's been just an amazing run yeah. with this show. I'm so, so proud of it. And oh, wow. I'm That's just so excited to see who else I can get. So.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know. We keep going down our list of people that we've talked to already. And we're like, oh, I can't wait to announce this.
0: Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's exciting. It's exciting for sure. Brian oh, yeah. says there is only one truly amazing Star Wars character. Should Misa give you a clue? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs>
0: i think the, brian i think bins at uh toys r us would uh would would disagree with you since those are those clearance bins were just aligned with the jar jar figures of all types
1: they're just sitting there aren't they
2: yeah yep, uh, they still are
1: and, and carly laughing brian because you know, that's what we all do and he's laughing back yep. so <laughs> okay, so let's see here. So you guys have had some great questions. Thank awesome. you so much for bringing. It. I think they've gotten quite a few. Yeah, that Yeah, absolutely. Have. So we're gonna have to look down here and see what have they. Uh, let's see. Okay, you wanna you wanna jump in with that one? Oh, go ahead. Um. um, uh, what advice would you have for those wanting to get into publishing, narrating, or podcasting, or voice acting? Ah, uh,
0: well, I mean, really. Um when it comes to any of this um, a lot of it really is just kind of jumping in and doing it because um, you need to get yourself comfortable with what you're doing. You need to fill a few pages and see if writing really feels like it's something that you should be doing. Um, You should definitely, definitely. I, I strongly recommend podcasting to anyone uh, because e- everyone's always got these wonderful ideas. They all want to share them. They all want to use that sort of platform. And, you know, you have opportunities like Anchor that um, that presents a free platform so that people can just go ahead and upload whatever they want and let it find its audience. And um, then you have with, uh, with audiobook narrating, I would say go through, you know, like the text that you feel is the kind of text that you would want to read and give yourself about five characters or something like that. Make sure that you have a main character, maybe a female character, maybe an old person, maybe a villain, whatever the whatever the book itself allows and narrate like about five minutes or so and listen to it and really listen to it. Don't just say like, oh, this is fantastic um, and let others listen to it too because at the end of the day they're going to be the ones listening to you. And if they feel like you know there's something if you, they feel like your voice is too weak or something like that, you know like they'll let you know. You know they will. Um but at the same time the worst thing that you can do is just sit there and say like oh I want to do this. And then nothing comes of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um there are a few narrators on some books. I've gotten to where I've learned to listen to samples before I buy some books. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm excited about the book, but there are some narrators that want me to want me to shove an ice pick in my eye. I just, I don't know what it is about the voice, but some of them are so Mm -hmm. difficult to listen to. Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily the story and the voice don't always go together sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or uh but when we, are you thinking about the auditions we had or
2: no, I'm thinking about one I bought and then I was trying to figure out how to get my money back. Oh,
1: it was that <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So um I know yeah, yeah. when we got one, our
0: one of my, I'm sorry I'm okay. sorry, like uh one of one of my favorites is actually um um a narrator named Jonathan Davis. He did the uh he's done like a lot of different Star Wars novels and he did the novelization for Revenge of the Sith, which if you haven't read it yet. Um, it's amazing, and it's like everything. It's basically like I remember when I first read it because I went and read it before the movie came out, and I said like, if the movie is half as good as this, it's going to be great, and I was right because it was half mm-hmm. as good as the book. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but the but Jonathan Davis did such an amazing job as the as the narrator, and then you have you throw in like the Lucasfilm sound archives and the score archives and everything and it's just an amazing experience and then um then the force awakens novelization came out and it's by another guy mark thompson so i was a little bit let down that jonathan wasn't reading it and at first it was it took me back a little bit because mark is a little bit slower with his delivery uh but then all of a sudden it gets to han solo's first scene and that's when it clicks with me. It was just like, oh, that's why you got the job because you do a really good Harrison Ford. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that makes sense now. Yeah. 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 yeah we, had some, uh, we had some. We had some. Some great. You, you get when you get um, auditions for your audiobooks, You get a lot of different narrators, and yeah. ours ranged from kind of high because we 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 asked for men and women for my book *Ulterior Motives* because we weren't sure which would fit best. We figured we would know the narrator when we heard them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we went, we, we had this high airy, like squeaky pitchy kind of voices to choose from Mm. all the way down to these low rumbly (laughs) announcer kind of sounds. And um, some of them, I mean, they just, we, we would just, they were like, wow, these are wild. I mean, they really put their own interpretation on some of it, but um, but we first did. Actually, we were going to go with a man. He was he was great. Mm. He almost had this kind mm. of film noir voice to him, you know, nice. and then, nice. uh, and then unfortunately his wife got sick and he had to back out of the project. Oh. Um, but he he's fabulous. Yeah, he's re- since retired. We, we've kept in touch with him. And then we ended up with a woman named Julia Farmer doing it, um, and she was fabulous. She nailed, yeah. she nailed nice. the little the accent that we had in there, plus some Texas. So she, she did always really good. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always good to have those accents down, but you just, you never know what you're going to get sometimes.
2: Yeah, right. The one I was trying to get my money back on was a Sherlock Holmes one. Really? And if you've ever. If you could if you could just imagine Sherlock Holmes with a lisp, you would know why hmm. I was trying to get my money back. That would have been hard yeah. to understand, I would think. Yeah. I really, I really think it was a very young person with braces and the rubber bands were on and and they were trying really hard, maybe, but it <laughs> it should not have been on Audible. It
1: wasn't, it wasn't for that story, huh?
2: Like
0: Sherlock Holmes said, "Elementary, my dear." Oh my word! That's exactly it. <laughs> oh my word!
2: I'm having flashbacks. That's hilarious. That was it. Uh, you know, some voices just aren't
1: right? You know, with, uh, with certain. Okay. Brian says, and when those Jar Jar toys are discounted, my collection grows. Hashtag. Actually- <laughs> so he's, he's actually trying to, he's campaigning against Jar Jar
0: just so he can,
1: can grow his collection.
0: <laughs> oh man. Okay. Buy low, sell high. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Michaela says, Amy, I love that white shirt or jacket. Thank you. Thank you. This is my new sweater. <laughs> let's see. My, uh, Willow Schuyler. Hello. Hello, Willow. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Willow. And Cindy Kep is with us. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Uh, let's see. So Michaela says, how does the audiobook work? Like if the book is sold in third person, um, how, how do they nail the voice of the opposite sex? I, that's really... <laughs> I mean, you, you, you know this better than I do. So I'll let you answer yeah. that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're not really going to nail the, the other voice, you know, like it's not going to be, it's not about, you know, doing impression of a woman. It's about just doing like a little bit of a lilt in your voice, just so that way they're aware of the fact that it is, um, that it is a female voice. Um, Cause I have that in my, in mine, I have, you know, I have my male characters, but at the same time, I have a female character here and there and just kind of give it like a little extra something there. And it depends on obviously the, the age of the character and the authority of the character. But, you know, it's just give yourself just a little bit of a of a lilt here and there. And that really helps with differentiating the characters. Now, not yeah. all of them do that. Um, there is the... Um, I forget who does the narration of the uh, Percy Jackson books. I think it's Jesse Metcalf, um, but, um, but his is basically just um, uh, very, very simple. You know, like he doesn't try to do female voices. He just, just basically reads it and mm-hmm. it's effective enough there. You know, like, so, um, so everyone's got their own, their own attempts to do it. And Scott Brick really kind of really drove that whole thing point home about just adding a little lilt here and there
1: yeah 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 I mean and and it's I think the important thing is however you do it just make sure that your characters are distinguishable from each other Yeah, Um, and consistent yeah so when you hear one like maybe one octave you know okay that that tone or whatever that means that it's this character where this little gruffer sound means it's this character and as long as you're consistent people are going to you know they're going to get what you're doing there Um, Which Mm is the most important thing is that people understand the differences in the characters. Yeah. Um, And then there are some that do like we're looking at doing um, Shadows of Jane. We've got a couple people. We actually have a man and a woman that are going to alternate the chapters. So they'll both have their own way of bringing these characters out. And it's third Mm -hmm. person. Um, Yeah. But but you'll be able to tell throughout each chapter who's doing what. They're very good at what they do. um rick bradley i'm envisioning sylvester the cat as sherlock holmes (laughs) oh my okay that sounded like the character from family guy (laughs) that
0: was that was my go to that's that's seth green as uh as the nerd character that he that he not only you know like perfected it in as um on family guy but he also really you know like really you know it's it's one of the more prominent characters on robot chicken too this, mm. you know just like, look, like
1: you're george lucas <laughs> <laughs> that is fabulous oh my gosh i love it i love
2: it uh, cindy
1: says hi yo brian says i've heard some audiobooks with david Tennant. he narrated dr who novel and managed to not only nail the voices of jack and rose tyler but their unique vocal cadences and accents
2: Wow. That's,
1: I would say that's pretty go. impressive. We're talking about David Tennant here, nah.
0: so <laughs> you really yeah, can't go wrong with that. You know, like I, I,
1: I'm not surprised in the least. Um, I've heard him do—I've missed several audiobooks actually narrated narrated by him, and um, mm-hmm. I one—it's I, a vampire one. I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but he did it for Halloween, and oh, it was so Ooh. good. It was just nice. fantastic. Yeah. yeah uh let's see okay so michaela says interesting and then she's laughing at us and <laughs> let's see. She says, okay guys and gals i gotta get back to writing this book all right michaela good luck
0: thanks we- so much for dropping in michaela good
2: to see yeah, you
1: for joining us okay so let's see since the comments have slowed a minute what else do we have on here do we if have one you
2: of- could choose any actor to play a lead in one of your books who would it be oh. what character Mm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um,
0: let's see. I, when it comes to when it comes to Matthew, my main character in Excelsior, I always pictured that as as a younger, up and coming type of actor. So I really didn't really have anyone really attached to him, but I've had other characters, you know, other bigger actors, and everything kind of surrounding him um, very much like in the style of like Harry Potter or even Superman, the, the first Superman. Um, like I have always thought that like, it would have been, um, it would have been amazing for the, um, the, the high elder in Excelsior, um, to be played by Leonard Nimoy. You know, like that was someone who I would have loved, loved, loved to have him. But then, you know, like, obviously that's not going to happen. Um, but then I started thinking like, well, who, who would be like my next best get, and the and immediately, Terrence Stamp. And as soon as I saw that, I was just like, "Oh yeah, he would just he would he would be so good in that role." And then it became like, "Well, how fun would it be if I could take all these elder characters because there were about six of them, and fill them with different you know like sci science fiction icons because like there is uh, there's one there's uh, there's one." Uh, Elder, who is the who is the father of, you know, like one of the bigger characters who, uh, larger characters who, you know, like unfortunately dies in the first book. But, you know, that Elder himself is very prominent in books two and three. And I was thinking like, well, someone, you know, like really athletic would be, would fit that role perfectly. Sam Jones, Flash Gordon, you know, like oh, that yeah. would have been, you know, you know that would be great. You know, so like, and then just like throwing out, you know, like all these different, different, uh, different actors and everything that I thought would just be perfect to just kind of surround that, um, that role, um, that role of Matthew, but, uh, for, from parts unknown, my big get that I would love to have, um, as, you know, since the whole thing like revolves around this, um, heightened, uh, world of wrestling mixed with MMA, to create the last remaining sport in America, um, the one of the major characters in that is a is a wrestling teacher, and that is someone that I always, from the very beginning, always pictured Mick Foley to be that role.
2: Um, oh,
0: Because so, yeah. I know, you know, like he's he's got the chops; he would definitely pull it off, and he's got the look that um, that is so ideal for that role. So, yeah um yeah. and of course you know like um for the um the main the main you know, like uh, adversary in that who is the current secretary of state in the in the story um i always pictured james con you know like so um yeah. considering that so much of the movie so much of the story uh was inspired by the 1975 film rollerball so yeah. having james con in that role would just would just seem right so
1: yeah So are these who you picture when you wrote it or is this an afterthought of who would play who? Uh,
0: Definitely an afterthought because I was just wanting to just get the characters themselves to life. And then afterwards it was just like, well, this would be really cool if that person played them. And then that, that uh, lend itself later on when I was working on like any sort of rewrites or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. Uh, We got, um, Carly saying bye to Michaela. So Rick Bradley wants to know, favorite genre to write and which one would you like to try?
0: Uh, I'm, my love is really in sci-fi. Um, that one is definitely like where, you know, like where my where my heart, you know, like has always been all my life. It's something that I real feel, feel really comfortable, you know, like writing in. Um, ones that I would like to try, I would love to try just like general fiction. Um, but at the same time, like, I feel like I need to kind of establish myself a little bit more in the, in the genre that I want, which is sci-fi, um, mm-hmm. and obviously young adult, um, and then see about, you know, branching out from there.
1: Okay, cool. Cool. Okay. Carl says, great show. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Um, <laughs> um, and Rick says, always choose McFoley.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: And uh, Rochelle says, "Since he was a little boy,
0: that's my aunt." Hi, Rochelle.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I,
0: I'm not sure what I'm not sure what the uh, what the what the rest of that thought was, but you know, like
2: um, <laughs> <laughs> the
1: references there, but um, is.
2: Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what weird? Food.
1: Oh, okay. So we're getting into the kind of the strange the strange ones now. Okay, what okay. weird food combinations do you enjoy?
0: Oh man. Weird food combinations. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, um, one of my, one of my, uh, previous jobs, I was working at, um, I was working at, at one place where I was, um, where we had like a little short order, you know, like a uh, cafe, you know, down on the bottom floor and they had the best breakfast sandwiches that were there. And one of them, uh, had, you know, like it was, you know, um, uh, salsa, cake, and cheese. and with chipotle mayo and it beca- i was very hesitant to try that but i was just like you know let's give it a shot and it gave that sandwich like it just kicked it into such a, an amazing level that oh, now yeah. you know, like i used to have you know like as a new york thing um you know with you know having ketchup on my you know scrambled eggs but now yeah. you know like i don't do that anymore now you know like i mix in a little bit of chipotle mayo Into and mix that into the eggs, it doesn't matter if it's a sandwich or not, because it gives the eggs like this really extra smoky flavor that I I absolutely love. So, um, it's a according to to my wife, it's a little weird, but you know, like, hey, it I love it, it tastes amazing. So, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm just in here thinking we have chickens, we have lots of eggs, we're gonna have to give it a shot, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so your aunt said you loving sci fi, you've loved sci fi since little boy so
0: since that i was makes- a, since i was a kid yes yep
1: yeah yeah absolutely okay so what is the strangest or funniest fan encounter you've ever had and if you if you're not comfortable telling that's fine hmm. but sometimes funny stuff happens a,
0: a fan of my own of my own work um yes. all right Oh uh, wow that's a good one that is a good one i'm gonna have to think about that let's go to the next one let's go to the <laughs> i don't want <laughs> i don't want to sit here and dwell <laughs> on it <laughs>
1: they have seven chickens <laughs> mm-hmm. we have eight right now we did have nine but unfortunately we lost huh? one no chicken math. we want more so the gauntlet um, has been <laughs> thrown <laughs> <laughs> okay let's see um let's see the other question we're going to be your most amazing fan encounter so you can think about that while you're you're mulling that around here
0: yeah um, yeah
1: Bradley, which director do you believe would give your character Excelsior the most love? That's a good question.
0: No, that is a real that is a real good one. Um I would love I would love to see you
1: know,
0: I'm not sure if he's working all that much, but I would love to see what Rennie Harlan can do with it. Um I think he would have uh, I think he would have a lot of fun with it. Um I've always you know been a fan of his style. Um not so much like all of his movies, but at the same time like um a lot of the ones that um, that I you know that I you know watched and everything growing up, I thought that uh his take on A Nightmare on Elm Street I thought was fabulous, I thought it was a really fun uh take to it. Um, I would, um, I wouldn't, I would also like you know what, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, add Rennie Harlan to the mix, but I'm also gonna add Jonathan Frakes, I think he would do a yeah. really really good job with it. Um, I am. You know, I've been a fan of his for, you know, for obviously since TNG and, you know, watching, seeing him as the director of the best of all of the next generation movies. And I just remember thinking like, uh, you know, watching that on opening night in the theater, just like, all right, we'll see. And then that first shot with Picard and, you know, in the with the Borg, as it just like kept on panning out, panning out, panning out, it was just like okay, I'm in, you know, like, I like you, (laughs) you're, you're awesome. You know, let's see what you can do. Um, so yeah, I would, I would, I would love to see what, uh, what Jonathan would do with, with this.
1: That's awesome. That is great. Let's see. Cindy Kep says what genre was Jen, Genre? what genre, (laughs) what genre do you have trouble seeing yourself ever writing?
0: Oh, geez. Um, probably horror actually um, I, it's, it's, diff, you know, like I, I would need to read some more of it to really kind of, you know, grasp it, but it's something I've always respected, you know, for anyone who can really pull that off. Anyone could make people, of uh, you know, be basically just like, un, you know, like afraid to, you know, just want to like close a book and put it down. Like that's, <laughs> that that takes some serious skill. It does. Um, and, uh, and Rochelle also, yeah, definitely romance novels. Um, you know, like I've, you know, I, the closest I can, the closest I can come to any sort of like romance in my own books was I, they're either like already established or there's a hint of something to come. Um, but I, it's, it's hard for me to really kind of do the, you know, do the whole thing, the whole, you know, like, you know, two people coming together you know etc
1: yeah yeah i get that i get that you said horror my first thought was sci-fi and horror was like alien
0: well yeah you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, so, I, I got i got nothing but love for alien you know like i i, oh, yeah. I, I think that's, great, that's just terrific
1: great movie yeah it was a yeah. great movie romantic zombies yeah. there romantic. actually is there actually is a, a movie called warm bodies warm bodies yep yep <laughs> that was about a zombie that falls in love with a with a, a living being <laughs> yep of course it was kind of a comedy thing it wasn't really horror mm-hmm. but it was a entertaining <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh so, okay so really let's good, yeah. see oh my lord okay let's skip that comment um, okay.
0: um, <laughs> oh no we
2: have a
1: speed <laughs> yeah, it ram. was inappropriate okay um Okay. (laughs) You want to do this or that?
2: I like the this or the speed round. Coffee or hot tea? Coffee. (laughs) Reading or writing? (laughs) Writing. Music or podcast? Lately more podcasts. (laughs) Big party, small gathering.
0: I, I I love them both but uh you know like I would always I would love to have a big party for the you know the launch of book 3 just saying
1: yeah. <laughs> it depends on the event and the mood right <laughs> Yeah
0: yeah I, I know this um, and Bar- Barnes and Noble did did call dibs on uh, on having on having the launch party so, awesome. um, so Well definitely yeah. let
1: us know about that and we'll make sure and share the info
0: Absolutely nope. first I got to get the next draft done
2: so there you go dog or cat dog yep (laughs) passenger or driver uh uh
0: you know what i mean until 2014 i was strictly passenger but you know like i've you know I've been driving now and I'm really enjoying it. So I would say like, if, I'm, if, if I, if I am, if I'm, well, here's the thing. Like if I, if there's more than one person in the car, it's more likely passenger. Um If I am the only one that's, that's got to get there and everything. Fine. You know, just let me put on a podcast. Let's go.
2: So. Yeah. <laughs> uh Movie at home or movie at a theater. Oh, I'm, I so miss the theater
0: experience. Um, There, there real, there, there is no substitution for that. You know, like I, I love watching a movie at home, but man, that theater experience is everything.
2: I'm going to add one to this one theater or drive. I would,
0: I would go with, I love the drive-in. I really do. I I love that. I would say that um, I would go with, with a regular theater.
2: Yeah. Old school theater or new lounge chair theater. Oh man. Um I, I like I like the lounge ones, but
0: at the same time you risk falling asleep a lot no, yeah. a lot better. So,
2: um, so
0: I'll go I'll go with regular. I'll go with regular theater.
1: I think John's actually falling asleep in one of those during the movie we went like to see. Yep. Yep.
2: Ninjas yep. or pirates? Uh ninja. Pancakes or waffles pancakes uh summer or winter oh man i'd go with uh, i'd go with summer uh car or motorcycle car <laughs> uh carnivore or herbivore oh easily carnivore
1: <laughs> that's my dude right there
2: <laughs> we, we have been yeah. To together yes, we, we have, you know, yeah we've, we we've had lunch together so yeah it's you know, <laughs> t-rex or brontosaurus uh t-rex yeah there we yeah, go t-rex, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, T Rex.
1: awesome yeah uh, let's see we have oh rick bradley says alien event horizon the video game dead space all great sci-fi horror
0: oh yeah and i will i will never you know like ever discount sci-fi horror i think like if you can make that work then oh, yeah. you know then bless you you know like fabulous i love it
1: it's a great blending um it really is I'm- uh, Rochelle says Wayne's World.
0: Oh, she uh she took us to um we went to go see Wayne's World together when I was a sophomore in uh, in high school. And oh, we went to we went to we went to this wonderful little uh place. Uh, what the hell was it called? Um the Barksdale Theater. Barksdale Theater was a second run theater. Um that was um it wasn't Barksdale Theater. It was um that was a different that was a different thing, but it was a um it was basically like a cinema a cinema draft house um so it was you know like you're you're not watching you're not watching it in like a you know in a regular theater or anything like that you're sitting at a table and you're being served you know like your food and drink and everything and oh, yeah. you have you know you get to watch the, you know like a big you know on on a big screen it's a bigger screen than say like watching it at home um but it gives it like this really fun like lounge kind of feeling to it and yeah. it was like the second run theater uh, movie house. That was a lot of fun to go to.
1: That's cool. That makes I me...
2: absolutely love dinner theater. Yes,
1: that makes me think of when yeah. a, a friend of mine, Chris, and his, um, I think it was his girlfriend at the time. We all went to Wichita, Kansas to a dinner theater. And it was Dracula. Yeah. Was the was it musical? Yes. So it was a musical of nice. Dracula. And <laughs> it was super fun because, you know, we had the table. We had the food and the drink and watching the show. And we were real close to the stage. And I gotta admire these actors that do this stuff live, man. Because Brad yeah. picks the girl; she's sleeping. He picks her up, and he turns, and he accidentally slams her foot into a bedpost. And it's oh. so it echoes through the theater, oh. and she never flinches. I never mean, never flinches she, because wow. she's supposed. To, I can't remember; if she's sleeping or she's dead, but she's out. Yeah, and she never makes a sound. She never moves. And all I could think of was her foot's going to be so bruised tomorrow. After
2: the after the show, at the meet and greet, it was actually all wrapped up. Yeah, with, I, yeah, I, I think, can believe I it. I
1: think it was going to swell, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, those are some serious professionals, man.
2: Yeah. <laughs> if there was,
1: if,
0: if if there was that, a really... If there was a really good stagehand backstage, then they would have a pillow at the ready so that as soon as as soon as she's off stage, they could just hand her the pillow and she could just scream right into it
1: (laughs) while they're while they go
0: ahead and address it. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Sin Kip wants to know if you have a favorite game.
0: Hmm. That's a good one that is a real good one um I'd say like my favorite board game would probably be trivial pursuit um
1: oh, yeah
0: that's you know that that seems to be like you know like the go-to thing and and um you know everyone always wants to be on their team <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Yeah. well were you on our team at the 80s
0: yes remember yes. yeah I remember
1: trivia, that's right we yeah. were at number one quite a few times we,
0: we, we took third rate. we took third place. We took we third did. place and it was that we license did. to kill. We it was did. the license to kill question that that, yeah. that nailed it.
1: That's because as soon as I
0: <laughs> as soon as I came up with uh you know like who is you know like um who is who did the um who did the title song for the movie license to kill and I immediately just like looked over was like Gladys Knight Gladys Knight Gladys Knight before it even came up. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you really did help us get a lot of good answers out. That was fun.
0: That was a really game. Yeah. That was one. a fun one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And will you be at Pencon this year?
0: I will be, yes. Yes. Awesome. And uh, and I already have my um my lip sync, uh, my lip sync battle song already put. Oh, you're
1: ready, are you? <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yep.
0: Yeah, awesome. not the gonna Pencon. say what it is because you know, like this is yeah. this is one that needs to be a surprise. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, definitely, that's, definitely. That's exciting. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. for PenCon. It was so much <laughs> fun. Uh, Bradley wants to know if you have a favorite cartoon.
0: Oh, easily Transformers. Um, that's that's what you know. That's uh, as soon as I as soon as I started watching that, I was just like, this is mine. You know, this like this is <laughs> this is some. I, I I claim this you know like as my own. Um, and I made a point to watch every single episode, you know, like when they came out. Um, all props to my uh to my uncle Bob for taking me to the movie in 1986, and um just so much, you know, so 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 many wonderful memories from that. And just like you know, having talked on you know, with three different people that are associated with Transformers the movie, you know, like on my show, yeah, and cool. even and even getting them to come back and everything. And um, because in August I'm doing a retrospective for the the movie itself, uh, like all in August, it's going to be a, um, a month long 35th anniversary retrospective. And I got four episodes like already lined up for it. And That's awesome. uh, Flint Dilly, he's Flint Dilly is coming back. Neil Ross is coming back. Vince DeCole is coming back and it's, and I'm, and I'm looking to just like fill even more spots with it. So it's, it's cool. really exciting. I'm really, really excited about it.
1: That's great. But Rick yeah, says trans- but yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: So what? What we're talking about that? Tell us about the two different podcasts because you have the Excelsior's Journey, and then yes. you have Duck Till Dark. So tell us about both. of Yes. Those.
0: Okay. So so um, back in uh, back in 2016, um, I became part of the Right Pack Radio podcast, and that's you know this weekly round table of all these different authors in the St. Louis area all talking about different topics. And um David Lucas the producer, you know, like he was, you know, um, you know, love the guy to death and you know I'm so grateful that he invited me on there. And that really kind of gave me the experience of podcasting. And one day I took a look through all of my Facebook friends and I saw so many great creative people. I saw you know like so many authors and actors and filmmakers and voiceover artists and, um, and dancers and painters and just, you know, just standup comics. And these are all people that I know, you know, like at some point in my life, you know, like I, I knew them. And I thought like, wow, these are awesome, amazing people. They need to be on a podcast. They need to get their stories out there and they need to let the world know who they are. And then finally it was just like, okay, they need to be on my podcast and they need to you know get on there. And so I can let them know, let the world know who they are and so i was going back and forth of what i was going to call this show and then finally when i was at uh gateway con in um 2018 for the saint louis writers guild uh i was talking to david about it because he gave me his blessing to you know to go ahead and be on the show because um and also to be a part of what we were what was going to be the right pack radio podcasting network and um as we were throwing around different ideas and everything He looks over my shoulder and he sees the banner that I have of Excelsior. And on the bottom there is has the subtitle part one in the Excelsior journey. So he goes, why not just call it the Excelsior journey? And I looked, I turned around. I was just like, you know what? That actually works. And in fact, let's, I'll tweak it. So it's Excelsior journeys. So it's everyone gets to share their own. And so um, that's what it became. And then I reached out to the, cover artist who did the cover art for both excelsior and ever upward who is kind of a genius molly phipps and i recruit i commissioned her to basically come up with the logo that was going to reflect what the way that um that the excelsior books are and she nailed it she absolutely nailed it i still remember look you know looking at the um the mock-up that she did and just like how's this i was like that's it that's perfect how much and and she gave me you know her price i paid it uh she sent me the the final artwork and then a few months later i start i started up on the show and um i you know reached out to you know, to a lot of different people and i knew that it was going to cover you know like a wide range of creative people and it's been nothing but a, a blast it's been it's been a blessing really to to be able to do this show um and then in 2000 18, I discovered in November of 2018, I discovered that there is a thing called the National Podcast Post Month Challenge. And what that is, is similar to NaNoWriMo. Um, every month, every November, people go ahead and record about a 10 minute episode of a show every single day from November 1st to the, November 30th and then post it. So at the end of 30 days, you have 30 episodes all done. And it can be about whatever you want. You can, you know, it can be a continuing thing. It could be something that you're just starting fresh on, whatever. So I did that in 2018 and I won it. And it was just all like kind of stream of consciousness, you know, just diatribe, you know, just it wasn't connected to much of anything. And I remember um, on day 30, I actually uh, recorded 11 episodes all at once just to just to make sure I got, I got them all. Um wow. But in 2019, for 2019, I wanted to do a different type of show. I wanted it to be something that would have like a constant theme to it. Yeah. And then I was thinking like, well, what if I, you know, like there were about 30, there are just over 30 movies that are out there that were Marvel movies, but they're not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And mm-hmm. those movies are going to be fewer and farther between because Marvel is just incorporate is bringing in all of their properties now yeah. so we're going to see it's it's going to be an increasing rarity so why not celebrate those movies because they really got the ball rolling toward where we are right now yeah they did. so so i so i was telling my uh friend of mine my friend jason goodman who is a devout comic book lover and you know one of my, another one of my best friends who's also in my wedding and i said that um you know this this uh this show it's going to be called outside the Marvel Studios. And it's going to cover from it's going to go from Howard the Duck from 1986 to Dark Phoenix in 2019. We're going to go from Duck till Dark. And he goes, That's what you're calling your show. <laughs> it's like, All right, it is. <laughs> and I yeah. and I recruit and I recruited another cover artist, um, uh, Rachel Bostwick, who is also awesome. And she did the cover art for from parts unknown. And I asked her to come up with like a like a Rorschach style um, ink blot kind of thing, where it would be Howard the Duck on one side and Dark Phoenix on the other side. And she, you know, like after, you know, just like, you know, the first draft, it looked almost there. And I just said, like, um, you know, just tweak it just a little bit. And instead of electricity, can there be fire around um, around Jean? And she said, yeah, sure. She next time around it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect awesome. so yeah and, and so so for so yeah so for 35 episodes i you know gave each uh i gave each movie their due and um it's very it's a very rough show there's no intro there's no outro or anything it's just me you know just blathering on for about like 10 minutes or so um in some cases like the 2002 spider-man that went out for 20 minutes because i had a lot of of useless information in my head that, you know, was all about the development of that one because that one had a really long and winding road, but, yeah. um, but it was a lot of fun to do. And it's something that I've been really wanting to kind of revive in some way, shape or form, just not sure how yet. Um, but I definitely want to revive it and I know that there's a, a place for it.
1: Awesome. that is really yeah. cool. Uh, Rick yeah. Bradley says, yes, Howard's a duck. Also, I think, Bl- I thank Blade, for showing comic book movies could be good.
0: Blade <laughs> is is such a significant um player in the whole comic book movie genre. Without Blade, yeah. we wouldn't get X-Men, and without X-Men, we wouldn't get Spider-Man. So like there's there really was like one huge like, you know, domino effect. Yeah. Um or a snowball effect as you will. You know, like with uh with with those. Um because we really got we thanks to thanks to those movies that were not part of the MCU, we got some tremendous films out of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we really you know did.
0: real, you know, really good, you know, strong movies that yeah. uh that hold up today.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So on on um on the Excelsiors journeys, you yes. talk bring different people on for
2: mm-hmm.
1: like the kind of like what we're doing now. You talk about their creativity and their journey. And by the way, mm-hmm. I think for um, asking me to join you last year, was it last year? The year before last? Gosh, uh, was, time was gonna 2019 time is 2019
0: It was. It was, yes. was for wow. the last time we were at Bencon Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. thank you for having me on. That was so much fun. Um, it was.
0: that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, and then this new one. You talk about the 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 um, Marvel Universe movies, but the ones that aren't in like the current grouping, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Just making sure I had that straight. Okay. And you yeah. mentioned at the beginning that you had a book deal you wanted to share? Or something um, else? Um,
0: I'm not what sure it? what...
1: What was that? It was... You said something... About the third... You said something... Of, I thought you said something about a book. We could get into it later in the beginning. Something about a book sale or a book...
0: Oh, 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 a book sale. Yes. I thought you said a book yeah. deal. I was like, I was thinking that it was something it was about the podcast or something, but no. Oh, okay. um, but yes. Um, so. So, yeah, if anyone goes to my website at uh, he's got dot com and as in by George, he's got it. Um, you go over there and you click on the store option there. And that will take you over to um, to the general to the um, to my direct sales section for my books. Um, I have come into a bit of a surplus of copies of From Parts Unknown, and they normally go for twenty four ninety five. But for this limited time, they're actually going for nineteen ninety five. And the um, in order to get that though, you need to type in the coupon code G. E-C-L, and that stands okay. for Gladiatorial Combat League. That is the uh the main promotion that uh, that, that the story center centers around. But um but that will get you 20% off of uh, of From Parts Unknown. So you're basically getting one of those five stories for free. So
1: Okay, could you repeat that code one more time for those that might not have caught it?
0: Sure. Uh you just go to From Parts Unknown. That's the only item that the coupon code works for and when it asks for the coupon code you type in gcl
1: gcl okay okay yeah a little bit of a sound cut out there i just wanted to make sure they got it Gotcha. all right all right so it looks like we've gone through all the questions from our readers and do we have any here that we've missed um, oh, did you ever come up with your fan encounter that you wanted to share? Is, is anything come to mind?
0: Um, I would say, let's see. Um, oh man, it's, it's weird because like, um, I, I would, I would actually say that, um, one of my, um, I, I would definitely rank this as, as, as a big high because, um, the um, I I work for a personal injury attorney who is a you know friend of the family, and when my uh, when from parts unknown was relaunched um, over at Barnes and Noble, he made a point to show up there, and um, he wound up uh, he wound up buying some copies, um, wow. and yeah, and you know wound up you know like uh, you know giving it out to you know to different you know staff members and everything, and I really really always you know like appreciate that because. Um, normally, you know, like you always have to kind of leave the, um, you know, the writing life over here and then the work life, you know, like over here. And, yeah. you know, he showed that, you know, that you can, you know, he brought me on and I always appreciate, you know, like him giving me the opportunity, you know, for doing that. Yeah. And the fact that he went ahead and, and did that, you know, is something that just really, it, it really means a lot. Yeah. Um, Something that I still, still really remember, um, but I would say um, uh, so. That was definitely like a highlight, you know, um, for me. Um, in terms of weird fan encounters, that's um, that's that's really tough. You know, like it's it's a tough one because um, you know anyone who who is taking the time to you know listen to what I have to say about my books, and um, and still decides that they want to take a chance on it. Um, to me, that is something that, um, that I will always cherish. So um, I can't really think of anything, any weird encounters, um, at least not yet, but you know, Hey, my career <laughs> is still young.
1: But that's a, you, you never know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, awesome. Awesome. So I think we maybe have went down the list here. Yeah. We'll double check and make sure we're not missing any questions in the comments. And uh, now looks like we got it. Well, right. George, thank you so much for joining awesome. us tonight. It has awesome been great, great to have you with thank us. Thank you. Catch up with you because it's been a while since we've got to yes. chat. Um, too long, you, yeah, yeah, way too long. And um, please tell everyone where they can find you.
0: Um, they can find me, you know, like all around social media. Um, on Twitter, on Instagram, and Clubhouse. You can find me under, um, under the same. Um, the same name at George Soroy, all, um, uh, no period or anything like that. It's all just one word. Um, and it's spelled S I R O I S. Um, and also on Facebook, you can find me on, um, uh, facebook.com slash excelsior books. that's my author page. And you can also, um, you can also find, uh, the excelsior journeys show, at uh, Facebook.com/slash ExcelsiorJourneysPodcast, um, and you can also find From Duck Till Dark on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash From Duck Till Dark. Two Ls. Um, I'm like I said, I'm all over social media. So uh, <laughs> um, the uh, the real like the hub, the center point of it all is all at, at my website at uh, He'sGotIt.com.
1: Okay, awesome, and we've got that below here in the banner. And if you want to look for any of that social media or any of that, just look in the show notes. We have all of George's information listed there for you to find, and hopefully that'll make it easy for you. Um, Rick Bradley has a question for you that I think maybe we'll ask after the show. And we'll get back with you. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to be too too personal here, but he wants to know if he can add you on Facebook. Yes, so. he can.
0: Yes, he can. Yes, <laughs>
1: I that's one of those. I'll be,
0: I'll be happy to accept Rick. Yep.
1: Awesome. Rick is awesome. I can vouch for Rick. Absolutely. Um, and um, Cindy kept us. Thanks for playing. Well, thanks for joining us, Cindy. Thank you so All much, right. Cindy. All right. Well, we're going to do a little uh, outro here, George, if you'll hang on so we can chat uh, when we're done, sure. we'll, we'll, we'll be right with you in a minute. Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Go back here and all right, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight and uh, for bringing such great questions for George. Gosh, you made our job so easy. We didn't even really have to look at our list. You guys had this nailed, (laughs) you really did. Um, So, a little announcement Um, we are going from bi weekly to weekly now. Um, So, Yeah. Um, So we're going to be going to a weekly show every Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. So that'll make it easier for you to remember what days we're on and what days we're not. Right. So next week, our guest on February 25th, I believe it is. Yes. February 25th, Thursday night. 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern time is going to be author and publisher Charles Milhouse. We're so excited to have Charles with us. So I hope you will join us next week and uh, we will uh, we will definitely be looking forward to having him. And again, we appreciate George joining us tonight. So uh, thank you everyone for joining us and we hope you have a great night. See you later.